0: The Bible Study Podcast, episode 678. Today, The Bible Study Podcast continues the study of the book of Genesis with chapter 33. Welcome to The Bible Study Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Christensen. As you may remember, Jacob has left his Father in law Laban's house. They snuck out in the night. Laban caught up with them and they made peace. But he has brought his wives and his children and his flocks and his servants and all of those things that have made him a rich man. And he has headed back towards home. But the problem with heading towards home is that when he left there 20 years earlier, his brother wanted to kill him because he had taken his birthright and his blessing. And so he has been afraid to meet Esau. He has divided his group into different flocks, into different wives, and different children, and sent them off in different groups just in case he is attacked by his brother. Then he's hoping that some of them will survive. And then last week we saw that he wrestled with God and changed his name from Jacob to Israel. This week, Jacob meets Esau, chapter 33. Jacob looked up and there was Esau coming with his 400 men. So he divided the children among Leah, Rachel, and the two female servants. He put the female servants and their children in front, Leah and her children next, and Rachel and Joseph in the rear. He himself went on ahead and bowed down to the ground seven times as he approached his brother. But Esau ran to meet Jacob and embraced him. He threw his arms around his neck and kissed him, and they wept. Then Esau looked up and saw the women and children. Who are these with you? He asked. Jacob answered, These are the children God has graciously given your servant. Then the female servants and their children approached and bowed down. Next Leah and her children came and bowed down. Last of all came Joseph and Rachel, and they too bowed down. Esau asked, What's the meaning of all these flocks and herds I met? To find favor in your eyes, my Lord, he said. But Esau said, I already have plenty, my brother. Keep what you have for yourself. No, please, said Jacob, if I have found favor in your eyes, accept this gift from me. For to see your face is like seeing the face of God, now that you have received me favorably." Please accept the present that was brought to you, for God has been gracious to me, and I have all I need. And because Jacob insisted, Esau accepted it. Then Esau said, Let us be on our way. I'll accompany you. But Jacob said to him, My lord knows that the children are tender and that I must take care of the ewes and cows that are nursing their young. If they are driven hard just one day, all the animals will die. So let my lord go on ahead of his servant while I move along slowly at the pace of the flocks and the herds before me and the pace of the children until I come to my lord in Seir. Esau said, Then let me leave some of my men with you. But why do that? Jacob asked. Just let me find favor in the eyes of my Lord. So that day Esau started on his way back to Seir. Jacob, however, went to Succoth, where he built a place for himself and made shelters for his livestock. That is why the place is called Succoth. After Jacob came from Padam Aram, he arrived safely to the city of Shechem in Canaan and camped within sight of the city for a hundred pieces of silver he bought from the sons of Hamor, the father of Shechem, the plot of ground where he pitched his tent. There he set up an altar and called it El Elohe Israel. And just a couple of the names there. Succoth means shelters. And El Elohei Israel means El is the God of Israel or Mighty is the God of Israel. Uh, and he's, he, we see him using the name in this particular chapter of both Jacob and then at the end here, uh, Israel. And so after all of this 20 years of dread, he finally comes and meets his brother, and this chapter is going to be one of those shorter sort of studies because it's rather anticlimactic. After all of this preparation for meeting his brother and what if his brother attacks him and what if his brother is still holding a grudge after 20 years and what if his brother kills some of them, maybe the rest can get away and what if he were to make a gift to his brother? and All of this thought that went into this meeting, his brother comes up and hugs him. And his brother doesn't even want the gift and only takes it because he insists. And I wonder how many times we waste worry that it is just a waste of time because we don't even understand that the situation has changed. So we don't know what happened for those 20 years for Esau, but let's speculate just a bit. We know that Esau was left behind and that when Jacob left, he left with just his staff. And so their father has died now. Their father was an old man when he left. And all that his father had, and his father was a was a wealthy man, his father was successful, his grandfather was successful, both Abraham and Isaac. All of it went to Esau. Whatever the blessing was, whatever the birthright was, when Jacob left, he left everything to his brother. So his brother probably did want to kill him 20 years ago. But he's got on with his life. He basically probably has wives and children of his own. Now, 20 years later, we know that he has children because he becomes the father of the Edomites. And so he hosts, He becomes a whole nation in and of himself. He's gone on with things. He has 400 men who come out to meet Jacob. He himself is a wealthy man. He has 400 men who are servants, who are working for him, who are related to him, perhaps, but he himself is becoming his own tribe. And really, he probably just hasn't had time to worry too much about this feud with Jacob. And so when his brother finally comes he knows what his brother did. He's still, you know, probably in some part of him mad at his brother, but it's ancient history. He comes and he greets his brother and he hugs him. And nothing is said. Nothing is said about anything that Jacob was worrying about. He doesn't go, you know, you still owe me a blessing or you still owe me a birthright or anything like that. He just comes and he hugs his brother. And I think Jacob has been worrying about this moment for 20 years. He's certainly worried about it at the time that he left, and we see all the preparation that he does as he's coming back. And I would think it would be unreasonable to believe that in the 20 years in between, he didn't think about it. Maybe that was, in some ways, one of the reasons he stayed as long as he did in Padamaram, is that he was afraid to come home again. We don't know. But we do know that all of the worry that he has done appears to have been wasted. We can come up with so many different scenarios in our heads that are reasonable and logical scenarios. I mean, Jacob wasn't coming up with flights of fancy. His brother really was trying to kill him when he left. His mother told him so. But we can take all of those things and we can dwell on them and we can come up with scenarios of our own and we can come up with things that are not likely to happen. And we can spend a lot of time and energy on worry. And this is just one of those chapters that is so anticlimactic because it was wasted. Oh, and I said that Esau may have had wives. I forgot that we've already covered the fact that he had taken wives from the Canaanites, that that was a source of displeasure to his parents. And so we will get into his lineage and some of his descendants about three chapters, but we're not going to deal a lot more with the dynamics of these two brothers because this story is over. And we'll move on to other drama as we go on in this story of Genesis next week. And with that, we're going to end this episode of the Bible Study Podcast. If you have a question, send an email to host at com, or better yet, leave a comment on this episode at thebiblestudypodcast.com. And thanks so much for listening. You're fearfully and wonderfully made. God looks at your heart, not your gene size.